Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So what are you adding now? Uh, Winston. Worcestershire. 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 Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. One more time. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. So what you're hearing right now are the sounds of cooking from a culinary high school in Taiwan. So way back at the beginning of the first season of Strangers in China, this guy Chris sent me a note asking if he could intern for Strangers in China. I was like really surprised and kind of honored by that, like honored that anybody would want to work for this tiny little podcast. But that wasn't really going to work out because I'm over here in Shanghai and Chris is actually there in Taiwan living and working at a school. So instead of asking him to intern, I asked if he had a story he wanted to tell, a story that he could make into a piece for the podcast. He recorded this piece back in the fall, before the coronavirus rocked the entire world. Although actually, amazingly enough, Taiwan was one of the few places that was not really affected drastically by the virus. And that was thanks to an amazing governmental response. So Chris worked at the school in Taipei called Kaiping. And Kaiping is a cooking school that does things a little bit differently than most other schools in Taiwan. So let's hear from Chris. Let's hear the story of Kaiping. Hey, uh, hey, Chris, where are you at right now? Hey, uh, right now I'm in the kitchen at a cooking school called Kaiping in downtown Taipei. Uh, maybe you can hear oh. I'm surrounded by a bunch of 16-year-olds. Oh, yeah, I can hear that in the background a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are you doing in the kitchen? Uh, today we are making Spanish risotto and a bolia-based fish stew. I wish you were here to smell it. It's pretty delicious. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not doing much smelling right now. I'm a little uh, stuffed up. But anyway, sounds delicious. Yeah. So Kaiping is a cooking school, and you work at this cooking school, Yeah. correct? Yeah, that's correct. Well, why don't you just get us started tell me a little bit about Kaiping? Yeah, sure. Um, I wanted to tell you about this school because Kaiping is a pretty non-traditional place. And I thought you would be interested because I think that... If you look through some of the ways that Kaiping is unique and how Kaiping is different from this broader educational system, it gives some really interesting insights. 
All right, that sounds good. Let's get cooking. Let's hear some of the students' voices. I don't understand why our parents like, like, they are pushing the kids. I think they are not pushing for a better future. They are pushing the kids down. At least you can a future. At least you can like survive. If anybody says something very stupid, I'll just play my cell phone. So tell me what the school's like. When you walk into Kaiping Culinary School, you can't help but notice that it's a really loud place. I often encounter students sprinting through the halls, screaming at the top of their lungs, or dancing to music played from these gigantic speakers. This kind of raucous environment is actually purposeful. If you ask students here to describe their school environment, a lot of them will say things like freedom. It wasn't until I learned more about the Taiwanese education system that I was able to understand just what exactly was special about this cooking school. So first, I want to introduce you to my friend Cole. Cole lives here in Taipei and knows a lot about the education system in Taiwan. I'm hoping she can help give a sense of what a more typical high school experience might be like for a Taiwanese teenager. I will start from how we get into the high school. It's like basically we all have entrance entrance exam, and based on our score, and then we can get into the different different level of high school. We go to school at. At seven thirty, and then start the exam at around eight,、mm-hmm. and then finish all the class around five or six. And then a lot of students after that go to like Bushi Ban afterwards too. Yeah,、right? yeah, yeah, definitely. Bushi Ban is also we also have a thing is called night study. Do you know that? So it's more like you sign up your name on the form, and then you say I want to study at school during the night time. And you can stay at the school and then only study.、Right. So you can have a dinner break and then study at the school <laughs> until nine p.m. So it's a it will be a super long day. I really don't know how can I overcome it,、uh, survive until now. When Americans think of Taiwanese education, I think that most people have images in their heads of super obedient students, high test scores, and stuff like that. And like most stereotypes, there is some truth and some fiction in that image, and it's important to consider both sides. The Taiwanese model places an enormous emphasis on tests and competitive assessment. The students who choose to move to Kaiping were unhappy in that environment, and that's why they made the decision to change tracks. So, Chris, do you have any students who just couldn't handle the pressures of the Taiwanese school system? I think people. I mean, the government is not like really caring of our students. This is Lucy. Lucy is one of my strongest students. As you'll hear, she speaks English really fluently. But this didn't happen overnight. Lucy has been attending really high-pressure international schools since she was just a little kid. Student is Taiwan's future, like obviously, but they are not like really. Putting benefits to us, like they are treating us like robots, like giving us a lot of a lot of information that sometimes we can't afford. So many things.、Mm-hmm. The thing to keep in mind when you hear Lucy talk about these experiences is just how young she still is. 
These are things that were happening to her before she even turned 14. And in her case, it ended up driving her to a really dangerous point where, for her own safety, she had to get off that track. They are not telling us to grow up, but they are telling us to receive too many informations, which sometimes a lot of people just burst. They just burst out because they just, a lot of people, they can't, like, the pressure, yeah. What do you mean burst out? Like, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of news said that a lot of students, they can't, like, face the pressure, so they suicide. That's just terrible. It's terrible what this system, this amount of pressure does to people and how far people will go. How far, sorry, how far kids will go. Did you talk to anyone who shed some light on this? I want to introduce you to one of my colleagues. Yun Wei has a unique perspective because though she has been at Kaiping for a long time, she also worked at a more traditional high school before this. Because of that, she has insight on both sides of this school system. You know, in, in the normal, in, in other school, typical school, they focus on Chinese, English, math, science, mm-hmm. and something. So all they need to do is every day they will take a test, every day. So the teacher will say, hey, you are good at this part, but you are bad at this part. Mm-hmm. So they got test every day. So just like my experience in junior high is the same. Mm -hmm. So they will take as your score as your good or bad. This sort of pressure is what goes into the high test scores. And as you can see, there's a darker side to putting kids in these kinds of high pressure environments. I feel like I hear so many stories of overburdened teenagers. Tales of 15 hour school days and two, three or even four tests per day. You hear so many that they start to blend together. Even for students who do well on those tests, students like Lucy, the process can still feel really dehumanizing. In Taiwan, like, like very similar to China. Right. Like, China is so into tests. Right, right. Because, but I don't think you should use tests to, like, estimate a person's ability. Why? Because test doesn't represent anything. Test only like represents okay you study hard this time or maybe you are just a little bit smarter than others but it doesn't mean that you don't have any ability to do anything else it's not only about like writing tests you can cook you can draw some students have told me about how teachers at more traditional schools it seems like they only care about the students who score well on the tests here's Cole again in, in Taiwan, as in mainland China, there is a sort of national uh, obsession with tests. Taiwanese students need to take an exam in order to progress not only from high school to college, but also from middle school to high school. Students pretty quickly get placed on one track or another based on their test, test score. So the pressure is high from a really young age. These sorts of transitional tests to get into high school from middle school or into college from high school are really, really stressful. My colleague Yun Wei, who you heard from earlier, met lots of overburdened students at her previous job. 
Because they have to pass the test. Right. Because they want to, everyone, they want to go into Taida, Taiwan University. Yeah. So they wanted to be on top. Right. Because their parents said that they only if you got a better scores, you got a better future. But recently, students found that that many people they go into NTNU, uh, NTU, and they found this too stress and suicide. So is that good for them or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some parents will ask the students that you, I don't care how many times you take the test, you have to be in, in NTU. So right. then maybe they, because for you know they wanted to show for the family, say hey my kids. They got into NTU, so my I got a good kids. One of the things that sets Kaiping apart is that not only is there no entrance exam to come into the school, but there are actually no tests allowed at all. Sometimes I feel like even just saying the word test gives students anxiety. Here, there are a lot of really bad memories. Okay, now I want you to meet Ben, another one of my students. Ben has been at Kaiping for two years, but he actually spent some of his formative years living in Japan. Like Taiwan, Japanese high schools require a really, really difficult entrance examination, and in Ben's case, that examination included an interview with the school administration. I wanted to、uh, learn in Japan. Went to their、uh, high school, but I. You know, I kind of like fucked up. I messed up my test, so I cannot go my my number one school. I cannot go there.、Uh, high school, you have to go there to test and then go to like 面试 interview with their teachers. I mean, what the fuck? Why you have to you know kind of like into the、uh, company? You have to interview. I know, but. Why? Why you go to high school? You have to interview to their teachers. Wow, that's very funny.、Huh. I mean, not funny, but just funny. They will give you a paper, and the paper you can just like, and you will write 合格 Like 合格 means you okay, you can come to our school. But 不合格 means oh you failed. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> I just, oh damn. <laughs> and then it's, I cannot. Say anything. I just walk walk to my home and then sleep at my sleep at my bed、yeah. and think. Just、yeah. think. So that is the ecosystem that Kaiping lives in. Kaiping is a sort of safe haven for students who have had a pretty miserable go of it up to the time that they enter. And again, the system that they're leaving isn't bad for everyone. There are lots of students who excel under that sort of pressure. And for the most part, Kaiping is a school for students who didn't. The school gives them a, a chance to start from scratch, to be good at something, and it's really hard to overstate just how important that is. I'm not like that good at like in、uh, study. So they say, how about you just like learning something, learning something like they, that can make you make a skill, and at least you can a future. At least you can like. Survive. I mean, survive. It's like work, work good, and like get money and have a good life.
Okay, back to the kitchen with Brent. Okay, just tell me when, Brent. Well, you say when and I'll put the carrots in, okay? Okay. Okay, now that our mise en place is done, the vegetables have all been cleaned and cut, and it's time to start. Whenever you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Ready? Yeah. And the final is the leeks. Final is the leeks. So what's this called? What are you doing right now? Uh, wing. We Worcestershire sauce. The sauce. Saute. 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 What is saute? Saute is the way you're cooking the vegetables. You want more oil? You want leeks? What do you want? No, there's nothing. Just more pasta. Just pasta. God, that cooking sounds so good. All right, so, so far we've heard a lot about how brutal the Taiwanese school system is. It sounds a lot like the Chinese school system. And then we've kind of set up your school, Kaiping, as like the opposite of this. So we know what the like Taiwanese schooling environment is, but what is Kaiping like? How is it so different? To answer that question, I want to start with the students and talk about what their backgrounds are like. I found a student and most of them, they got a bad time in their junior high school. Teachers like Yun Wei often find themselves trying to guide students trapped in this sort of rock-in-a-hard-place type scenario with test-heavy schools on one side and really demanding parents on the other. At the first time they come here to school, they don't trust anybody here. So you will see at the first month, they just everything is just crazy because the students, sometimes they will yell at the teachers or don't want to talk to teachers or mm -hmm. don't want to come to school or a lot of things. Why do, why do you think they don't trust anybody? Because they got hurt. The truth is that Kaiping accepts a lot of students who would otherwise struggle to attend their top choice school because of their test scores. A lot of the students here at Kaiping have spent much of their pubescent life being quantitatively shown how they compare to peers on tests, and the scars from those experiences still show. To a lot of students, they say that they hate the teachers because the teacher always yell at them. They never listen to them. So when they come into the school, our teachers trying to listen to them. One part of listening to students at Kaiping is this weekly forum called Pingtai, where everyone in the school gets together to discuss really whatever is on the community's mind. The meetings are really eclectic. Sometimes students will stand up and compliment one another. Sometimes they'll pick fights. And sometimes they'll do things like challenge administration on school rules. The way that it works is that there are these long periods of silence. And then eventually, someone stands up, introduces themselves, and says whatever it is that they have to say. Anyway, what are they talking about right now? Because they, they borrow something from school. So they, they want to put their student ID there. Uh -huh. oh. <laughs> okay, so apparently somebody checked out cooking equipment and then failed to return it. So now they are being <laughs> Get things back. Okay, see, thank you. <laughs> Pingtai is always a sort of scary time for me because students really do call teachers out. 
and ask them why they did something in a particular way or air some other grievance. So far, I have not been called out, but I have seen it happen to colleagues. Students from my class once accused the school of exploiting their labor because in order to graduate, they are required to do an unpaid internship. This is pretty unique in Taiwan. In more traditional schools, like for example the one that Cole attended, the atmosphere is really different. It's really different. I will say it's really different. Because most of um, traditional or like the school at the countryside, we kind of still, kind of still old, like old style. In my school, we have a lot of hierarchy. Yeah, Kaiping really prides itself on being a non-hierarchical environment, and Ping Tai is a big part of that. It's also really helpful for building students' confidence. A lot of kids, just by the nature of their personal educational histories, they come to Kaiping with a pretty low sense of their self-worth. This is something that Yun Wei is really good at, and it's very touching to see her interact with the students and encourage them. Uh, if someone he likes to draw something, he can draw something. If he wanted to clean something, he think that he did a great job, then he can do that. So everyone can take the small part of what they can do. Right. So they can say, hey, this, is, this part is I, I, take care, I, I take care of this. So I did a great job, yeah? Did you see that? Mm -hmm. So they will feel happy about this. Right. So when they got the confidence, the parents will find that, yeah, my case is different. Yeah. I think that they improve something. Yeah. A really essential thing that Kaiping has taught me is the value of feeling like you're good at something. When I first got here, I was constantly confused. I was always thinking, why is everyone so obsessed with making sure that this napkin is folded correctly? Or that these carrots are diced to precisely the right size? Who cares? But as I learned more about the school and the students, it started to make sense. For kids at this age, it's hard to overstate how hurtful it can be to hear over and over and over again that you're bad at something. In my class, I told them that I don't care about your scores. I really don't care about your scores. I care who you are. Are you happy? Do you want to, to learn more? you want to do something different? Instead of the scores. So they will try to push themselves not because of the scores, because they want to do that. They wanted to try. That's a really different kind of thing. This is where cooking comes in. Ready for leaks? Yeah, thank you. Okay. I think we need more. More oil? More oil. Mmm, isn't that so amazing? Okay, Brent was just telling me that the order that you put the vegetables into the stock is very important. The carrots have to go in before the leeks. He said it's because they're uglier, but I'm not sure if that really is the reason. Students spend most of their time at Kaiping in these fancy pressed white chef coats, shuttling between different parts of the chef factory. Cooking is the primary reason that students come to Kaiping, and the teachers in the chef factory are all professional chefs who instruct them in Chinese cuisine, Western cuisine, and baking techniques. Okay, the stock is now done, and it's time to add the grains. But before we do that, we're going to toast the rice for a minute or two. 
Yeah, it's actually closed. No, we need to put the rice now. Rice now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Cooking with the students is a really humbling experience, in part because though they're only 16 or 17 years old, they're already really, really good. But more than that, it's seeing the respect that they treat the kitchen with. Let's just fry, uh, so dry rice, fry the rice well. Yeah. No, about to You know, in first grade, I was not that confident, but you know, you don't even know, you don't even know how to use fire and then, you know, control the pen, how it works, and then cutting skills is very bad. So you will, you will feel you kind of like afraid to like, go into teaching. But you know, after a year, one year, for me, I practice a lot. So like, yeah, I can, I can, I know I can do. Pretty good job. Some Kaiping students also get jobs outside of school. Ben, who we spoke to earlier about his decision to come to Kaiping, works at a steakhouse in downtown Taipei. I think he really likes it, but he's always complaining to me about how they still won't let him touch the meat. He's had to slowly work his way up from appetizers to the seafood station. He will become better in the end, right? So and so, so that process. Do you like that process, or is it frustrating? Like the like learning and like. Mmm, very complicated. I like it, but I hate it too. <laughs> yeah, okay. I like it because I will feel I I become better. I will improve. Right. But I hate it is when I in the like practicing. Yeah. I was very frustrated because mm -hmm. very like very long time. You have to open a lot of oyster and then use what the fuck. The other day we had a writing assignment where I asked students to just write a story about their lives using some conjunctions. Cole, I was wondering if you could read this essay out loud. Just a heads up, there are a few typos. Many years ago, when I entered junior high school, I always think to myself, "Get a good grade, so you can go to the best high school. This will make my parents happy." But my plan couldn't work. I always got bad grade, although I got. Go to the school outside of school. I still failed my test. I tried every plan to make my grade better, but nothing worked. From the, that time, I learned that I'm not interested in study. If I keep learning things I don't like, my future will die. I need to find something I love. Suddenly, a teacher took us to a cooking school. From that day, I decided my future. I want to learn cooking and be a chef. I know I have a long way to go, but I'm still happy. I will never give up. Like, do you feel happier now? Yeah. Yeah. In what ways? The teachers are nicer. Like before in our school, not much teacher talks to us. Like I don't mean talk. I mean like actually talk. Right. Like. Asking you if you are okay.、Mm -hmm. Are you okay? No, no teacher asks us. They just tell us what do we need to do. But in typing, like teacher actually asks you if you are okay、mm -hmm. or not, and they do like chat with you.、Yeah. Like we're friends. Yeah. That might seem like a small thing. 
teachers and students informally chatting, but it's part of this bigger process of giving students a new home. The result of this pedagogy is an almost cultish love that a lot of students have for the school. This really stood out to me when I first arrived. There are all these strange rituals that people take so seriously. Students and teachers alike often stay for 10 to 12 hours a day. And at first, none of it made sense to me. It wasn't until I stepped into the kitchen with the students that I understood why everyone is so obsessed with this place. I can think back to times in my own educational life when I felt like I wasn't good at something. Math was an area where I always struggled, and I so vividly remember my parents wanting me to be good, wanting me to understand, but it just didn't click for me. That feeling is something that still resonates with me, and the pressure that I experienced to get an A versus a B in pre-calculus is nothing compared to the pressure that these students have faced. So for these kids, and mind you that these are kids who have probably been told that they are inadequate too many times to count, when they get a chance to excel at something, it's an incredible experience. There's so much pride, so much relief, so much joy that a brighter future might still exist. One of the things that I try not to do when I tell people about high school in Taiwan is focus too much on the differences, which are often really plain to see. I think it's often more interesting to focus on what American and Taiwanese 16-year-olds have in common. And the truth is that at the root, it's a scary age no matter where you are. It's a time when a lot of things seem out of your control and the stakes feel really high and life can be pretty miserable. What Kaiping promises is confidence and a path and an identity. It's hard to overstate how much that means to these kids. I want to thank Chris for letting me into his world and showing us Kaiping. If you're listening to this and you have a story that you think would feature nicely on this podcast, you can send us an email at strangersinchinaofficial at gmail.com. Send us a pitch. Strangers in China is a member of the Seneca Network, powered by China. This episode of Strangers in China was written and produced by Chris. Editing of this episode was done by me, Clay. Strangers in China is mastered by Kaiser Kuo. Follow us on Instagram at Strangers in China. Follow us on Twitter at Stranger in China. You can also find us on Facebook at Strangers in China. Music in this episode was from Lakey Inspired, Seizus, Lo-Fi Theory, Lofi, Sachko, and Purple Cat. Again, send us an email at strangersinchinaofficial at gmail.com. Strangers in China Season 2 will premiere this fall. Much love to y'all and stay safe.